Hey everyone, and welcome back to Via the Podcast, where together we are exploring what it means to follow Jesus. I'm your host, Matt Winley, and as always, I really do appreciate uh, those of you who have come along on this journey with me. I hope these episodes are encouraging to you and helpful in your walk with Christ, and I'm particularly grateful for the fact that you're here today, because that means you've seen the show title. So it's not a surprise what we're talking about. We're talking about reading through the Bible. And for a lot of people, that scares them off. There's an intimidation factor when it comes to not only just reading the Bible, but reading through the entire Bible. And for a lot of people, that's a subject they want to avoid. Because research shows that people who call themselves believers, people who say, I'm a Christian, I follow after Jesus, and they even say, you know, I want to live the way Jesus wants me to live. They don't spend a lot of time in the Bible. In fact, I remember there was a some research I found about 10 years ago uh, this was done by Lifeway Research, and they said that 90% of churchgoers agree with the following statement, I desire to please and honor Jesus in all I do. And, and that's a great sentiment. We should all have that desire. And we're, we're going we're gonna to fail at that from time to time. We're not perfect, right? But, but that's a good desire. I desire to please and honor Jesus in all I do. But then they continued with the survey, and only 19% of people read the Bible every day. So you have 90% of people saying, of these churchgoers, people who fill our, our congregations week in, week out, we want to we want to honor Jesus in everything. But then less than 20% of the people that are in those surveys are spending time in his word each and every day. About 25% would read the Bible a few times a week. So you have less than 50% of people who are reading the Bible multiple times per week. Uh, and these are not just these are not atheists or agnostics, these are Bible-believing Christians. And so the question that typically comes to mind when I, when I see stuff like that is, how on earth are we supposed to please and honor Jesus without knowing him? How, how would I know what to get my wife for her birthday or for Christmas? Or how would I know what would make her eyes light up unless I know her well and I spend time with her? And it's the same thing with our relationship with God. We've got to spend time with him, get to know who he is, what he cares about, uh, what he's passionate about. And if we don't know how he desires for us to live, whether we desire to please him or not, we're not going to be able to do it because we just don't know. We're, we're blindly walking and living. And so it's important for us to read scripture. We all know that. And I think we all understand that and want to get into scripture. But for whatever reason, we just find it hard to get moving on it. And then and then to think about reading through the entire text of scripture, that's, that's even more intimidating. But I think it's helpful. It's a habit that I started a few years back. And I want to give you a few reasons why I believe it's helpful. So we'll talk about that. And then, and then I'll address some objections and concerns that you may have. And these are concerns and objections that I've had in the past and even still sometimes have in my own heart. And so we'll talk about those. And then I'm going to offer you a few tips to make the time, at least that have made my time, more rewarding when I'm reading through the Bible all at once. Okay? So first let's talk about why I read through the Bible. And remember, we're not just asking the question, why read the Bible in general? There's That's another podcast. That's another whole set of reasons. But more specifically, we're looking at why should I begin to habitually read through the entire text, whether it be over the course of a year or a few months or, or a year and a half, whatever time frame. But this habitual, cyclical reading of the entire text of Scripture, why is that type of reading important? And I hope that this episode will go a little bit of a ways, even if you don't start doing it, you know, tomorrow or today, it'll, it'll, it'll push you a little bit further in that direction. So 
I'm gonna give you four reasons. Really the first reason is the main one and then the other ones kind of stem out from it, but, but you'll get the idea as we go. So reason number one, why, why should you read through the entire Bible? Is because it gets you out of your normal reading. Um, most of us have kind of our go-to places of scripture. So some people love the Psalms because they relate to the emotions of the psalmist. Some people love the Old Testament stories, particularly because it takes them back to Sunday school when they were kids and these kind of sanitized versions of the Old Testament characters. Some people love the Gospels because obviously Jesus is compelling, so they, they read about his miracles, his teachings, etc. Um, then some people love the letters to the churches because I think from particularly a Western standpoint, they're, they're the most approachable because we like do this and do that. We like checklists. So we all tend to drift to one or two or three spots, and we tend to stay in those locations. We don't branch out nearly as much because a lot of times we're pressed for time and so we're thinking okay I have five or ten minutes I need to go somewhere where I know what they're talking about I'm gonna go get a quick emotional boost and then I'm gonna go about my day and so we rarely get into these other areas of scripture and whenever I read through the Bible I'm continually amazed at how many stories seem new I'm all the time telling my wife I I, I didn't even know that that existed in scripture and I've, I've read through the Bible numerous times and I just, I sometimes, you, your mind can only remember so many things and we, and our, it's, you know, the world is vying for our attention, trying to fill our minds up with a whole bunch of other things. And so I, a regular reading of scripture kind of keeps my mind up to date. It, it recatalogs things. Um, I'm, I'm always amazed at how many things I forget. So without regularly reading through, I, I wouldn't be aware, right? Which leads to the second point. Why read through the Bible? Because we begin to pick up these repeated themes and links and we begin to have a greater appreciation for the books that we already know. So those those readings that you already enjoy are going to seem so much more beautiful and so much more in-depth. Um, so think about it. If you are reading the Gospels over and over again, you love Jesus' words, you love his miracles, and you're seeing these repeated ideas about, you know, Jesus says he's the bread of life and he's calming the, the wind and the waves. What, what, what are those images, what do those ideas mean? They have a lot of background in the Old Testament. And so as you're reading through the Gospels and as you're reading through Paul's letters or, or Peter's letters, uh, links and themes and scripture references should be popping up left and right in your mind. You're going to see these more, you're going to see more connections to books. You're going to see uh, a thread weaving throughout from Genesis to Revelation where you see the whole story of scripture. I, I can't. I can't really emphasize this enough. When, when you begin to read through the Bible as a whole, you're, you're going to read the stories that you've always read with a much greater appreciation for how the author has written them. Because you're gonna see how beautiful the writing is, first of all, because there's, there's a lot of intention in how the biblical writers frame their stories. And then you're gonna see just how much the Old Testament connects to the New. For example, if you read through the book of Matthew, he's just quoting the Old Testament left and right. And a lot of times, I think as a teenager, as a college student, and and you know even just up until a few years ago, you, you read those Old Testament quotes and you're like, great, Matthew quoted the Old Testament, and then you move on. But the, the hope is that as you read the Old Testament quotes, you're going to begin to see why did Matthew quote the Old Testament there? What was so important about that story or that idea or that content that he wants me to begin to upload that in my mind so that I understand who Jesus is more completely. Jesus himself even said to the, to the disciples that the, the Old Testament, the Hebrew scriptures that he was reading points to him, points to a Messiah. And it's important for us to begin reading through the Bible so we can see 
how those things work together. So it gets us out of our normal reading. We see more repeated themes and links. And then third, we, we, we can confront hard questions and doubts, right? So one of the reasons why we have our normal reading spots is because they're normally the more understandable places in Scripture. They don't, they don't cause us to question a lot or doubt, right? They're, they're good for a spiritual energy boost when we need it. And then we tend to avoid the hard passages. So if I wake up in the morning and I've only got a couple minutes before I head off to work, I'm going to read something that encourages me. And I'm just going to continue to read it and read it, read it. And that's, and that's a lot of times what our devotional reading is like. And there's no problem with devotional reading. But we tend to stay in the same places and we never confront a lot of the questions and a lot of the doubts that kind of reside down deep in our heart. And so reading through the Bible makes you deal with uncomfortable parts of your faith. The popular word these days is deconstruction, where people are talking about how they've taken ideas that they grew up believing and they've deconstructed them. And a lot of people are not ever reconstructing them back. The, the, the hope is that eventually they, they arrive at the truth and they can reconstruct those ideas back in a more healthy, uh, secure way. But a lot of those people just kind of run away from the faith. And I believe much of the problem with that stems from the avoidance of passages from the church on down when we're younger. We don't teach kids about uncomfortable parts of faith, even as they start to grow older, and we don't address them. And so you, you go off to college, you get on YouTube, you find plenty of uh, atheist apologetics because they have an apologetics as well, and they're addressing parts of scripture that you might not even be familiar with. And so then all of a sudden you start questioning your faith. So it's good for us to go ahead and confront those hard questions. Go ahead and confront those doubts and struggles that you have. Every time I read through Genesis, so I just started my cyclical reading over again a couple weeks back, which is why this is on my mind. And so I'm reading through Genesis right now. And every time I read through, it always amazes me how the patriarchs and their families are painted in an extremely sinful light. Yes, they are men and women of faith. Hebrews talks about that. You can see times of faith in their life, but there's also these times, and it seems like more often than not, that they just completely blow it. Like they can be the worst of the worst by by their intentions, by their motives, by the things they actually do, by the things they say. And you just kind of go, why on earth did God love them? Why on earth did God show them grace and mercy? And it can kind of ask you the same question. Why on earth did God show me grace and mercy, but the Bible doesn't hide it at all. It's uncomfortable to read some of what happens in the Old Testament, but why is it in Scripture, and how does it help um, further along the story, and why are the why are the writers putting it in there and emphasizing it when they could have just hidden it? And so those are questions that we should ask, and you might not always get like 100% the easiest answer in the world, but if we don't ask them, someone else will. And we want to be prepared. It helps you to answer skeptics' questions so you're not caught off guard. You've thought about it. You've reflected on these things. And like I said, it doesn't mean that you have all the answers, but you're more equipped to have an intelligent conversation with someone if they come to you and ask and you're not just like, I've never heard of that before in my life, or I've avoided that and I really don't want to talk about it. We are ready to talk about difficult parts of our faith. So uh, reading through the Bible regularly helps you confront uh, hard questions and, and doubts. And then fourth... It, this kind of goes along with, with number three, but it points out blind spots. So I I'm a, I'm a, was raised a big sports person, so I, I, I used a lot of sports analogies, so forgive me. But in, in sports, you can be very good. Let's, let's just say basketball. You can be a very good dribbler, but if you can't shoot and you never work on your shooting, you're not going to get very far. 
you know, you can be the best dribbler in the world. Perhaps you could even go on America's Got Talent or something like that. But you're not going to make it to the ultimate goal, which is the NBA, if that's what you're trying to do, if you can't shoot. And when we're reading through the entire text of scripture, it, it begins to point out blind spots in our life. Like, like the basketball player who needs a coach to say, look, I love that you can dribble. I love how well you dribble. I love how you can get around people. But when you get around people and you get open, you got to be able to make the shot. And reading through the entire text of scripture points out some of those blind spots, some of those uncomfortable parts of our lives that when we're reading just our regular devotions, we, we tend to, it, it can be encouraging and it can uplift us, but it all, sometimes doesn't convict us and challenge us in the way that getting into other parts of scripture might do. And so we don't, we don't need to just be affirmed. It's good to be affirmed uh, of God's love. We, we want to be in relationship with him to know we our identity is secured in him. But then what does he call us to do? How does he call us to live? How does he call us to speak? Those kinds of things. So it points out blind spots that we might not see. Now, so those, those are four reasons. We dealt with them very quickly of why you should read through the Bible. So get out of your normal reading. Uh, you see, begin, you begin to see repeated themes and links. Uh, and, and really, you develop a greater appreciation for what you already know. Uh, you confront hard questions and doubts, and, and then you also begin to deal with some of the blind spots in your own life. So now look at some object objections, and I know that they're there. You can think about some of your own. I'll just address a few real quickly. These are ones that I've had, I've heard in the past from other people of why they don't want to read through the Bible, and then I'll give you some tips, okay? So objection number one, what I hear from a lot of people is, I don't have time. And look, we, we live busy lives. It's true, right? And, and I, I can't speak into every one of you. Um, I can't look into every one of your lives and and say, here's where you can make time, here's where you can't make time. You you have to make that call on your own. But let me just tell you, there's never going to be a perfect time, right? There's there's some things in life that you have to make time for. Uh, if someone told me, Matt, I've given you free tickets to such and such place, all of a sudden I would make t time for that, right? I would find time in my schedule, I would find a babysitter, I would get my wife there, we'd go have a nice vacation. So we have more time than we think, and we can arrange things better than we think, when we find when we find that it's beneficial, now I just want to encourage you when you when you say you don't have time, you don't you don't have to have an hour. It's just a few minutes at a time to read through four to five chapters of scripture a day. And honestly, when you when you say you don't have time, think about it in the way that uh, you know if if you're trying to get in shape, you might not have time originally, you know, because you haven't been going to the gym. But if you're thinking about the goal of I want to get in shape and I want to be able to run a race. Then all of a sudden you're going to start making time at the beginning of your day or a, or a part of your day to go out and exercise. And it's the same thing here, just spiritually. You've got to begin to build new habits. And, and the question that you can ask yourself, if you're, if you're, if this is your objection, is what do you believe will fulfill you? Look at all the different things in your life, and ask yourself: Are those things fulfilling me? Are those things leading me to a closer relationship with Christ? And if the answer is no then begin to remove some of those things or take some of those things out or lessen some of those things so that you can begin to put in the time to read through scripture. It's, it's the same thing if I were to want to put something else in my closet. I go and buy a couple new shirts. Well, my closet's full, so what do I do? I, I look and I see, what do I not wear anymore? What do I not like? What's What's gotten dirty? And I take out some things. I make room. And, and that's what you're doing just with your time. What Where can you make room to spend more time in scripture, to, to have a habitual, regular reading of the entire text. So I don't have time. I understand it. My time gets pinched as well. But 
more often than not, I realize that that is a that is an empty excuse for me. And maybe it's a legitimate one for you. Maybe maybe you maybe your life is just completely full, and you're gonna have to be creative. So maybe listen to an audio version of the Bible while you're driving. That's possible, right? Um, but find ways. If it if it's important to you and you feel like I should know the rest of Scripture, make make some efforts and find ten minutes that you can do this. Um, number two. I'm never going to make it through it. Um, I've never made it through it. I'm not going to make it through it this time. Uh, I've had that excuse. I've, I've heard many people object in that way as well. Well, first off, uh, I've never made it. Don't let the past define you. Um, that's in the past, right? Uh, there was a time when I couldn't walk, but now I do. I don't, I don't just keep, continue to look back and go, well, you know what? When I was one years old, I couldn't walk, and I, I just feel like I, I'm never going to be able to do it. You, you keep going, you persevere. When you're learning to walk, you fall down, you get back up. So don't let the fact that you haven't made it through yet uh, stop you from continuing now, right? And don't be held back by something not even real yet. The, the objection, I'm, I'm never going to make it through, that's, that's something that hasn't happened. And so don't let that be a barrier. For, for whatever reason, we, we a lot of times assign a lot more value to our expectations of things than what they deserve. And we put up these like imaginary walls by saying, I'm never going to make it through. Well, that hasn't happened, and that's not a barrier currently. You you are putting that up, and you are and you are essentially just stopping yourself from doing it. So don't let your imagined failure doom you. Go ahead and walk until you hit a wall. Um, let's say you make it 15% of the way through, and you stop. Well, that's 15% more than you would have read, right? Uh, that's 15% more parts of Scripture that you, that you have begun to put into your heart and mind, and you can reflect on. So... I'm never going to make it through, or I've never made it. Those are those are objections that I, I understand, I've dealt with. But again, I, I don't know that they're as strong as what we give them credit for. Uh, number three, I don't understand a lot of it, or I get bored. Uh, I'll just say that's okay. You learn little by little. You don't you don't just all of a sudden know everything. And the fact that we get bored, that's fine, right? Find find someone who enjoys those parts. See if they can encourage you. There's there's amazing resources on the internet. You have to be careful what you what you find, but there are a lot of really good resources, particularly about parts of scripture that are hard or quote-unquote boring, and perhaps some of those people will enlighten you and, and give you a little bit more enthusiasm about reading those parts. And ultimately, you know what? Boring's also okay. I, I don't have to be entertained all the time. You talk to any athlete who's ever made it very far in their profession, with the exception of people who are just ridiculous athletes from the time they're born, and, and even then, they're putting in a lot of work. They do a lot of things that are boring to make it to where they go, to make it to where they are. And sometimes just building a discipline can be boring in itself, but we we want those disciplines. And so just because you get bored in a few parts of Scripture, don't let that deter you from reading the rest. If, if you really get bogged down in a genealogy, kind of skim through it and move on and come back to the genealogy another time. Um, I wouldn't recommend that a lot, but don't let it don't let it completely stop you, okay? Uh, number four, I'd rather read the Bible another way. You know, that's fine. Um, I want you to read the Bible in all kinds of different ways. It's it's not about one style of reading. Reading all the way through is just a tool. I, I, you know, I would recommend using a variety. So you should do devotions. You should have some in-depth study or thematic studies from time to time or, or, or study a whole book of the Bible or use soaps like I shared many episodes ago. But reading through the Bible is a habit that I believe will be really beneficial to you in the long run. And like I said, it will empower all those other different methods of study. And, and fifth, the final objection uh, for most people is I, they, they would say, like, I feel like I'm just checking off a box. Like, it's just something that I'm doing. It's just a religious 
duty or obligation, and so I'm not getting much from it. Now, okay, that's I understand that, and, and that, that comes from the, the heart of I want to do this because I enjoy it, or I want to do this because I love it. And again, I go back to that illustration of anyone who's getting anyone who's getting really good at something, there are days where they go out. If you're a runner, there's days where you go out and it's a slog. You don't you don't want to do it, you're not enjoying it, but you do it because you know that the next day might be better. And and you know that you're you've got to continue to do the habit or it's easy to fall off. And so, you know, when you're working and you're getting in shape, there there are some days you don't want to, but it makes a difference. And whether you're checking off a box or not, it's it's about building that habit. Um, we don't always have to have an ecstatic experience. Some days you're just working on that foundation. Um, and the foundation is something that you don't necessarily see or pay much attention to, but it's essential. And so you need it. And so don't go to scripture every time just looking for this amazing experience. But sometimes it's just a matter of putting it into our heart, putting it into our minds, and just trusting God and going, God, you've told me to spend time in your word. I've done it today. I didn't feel like I was drawn amazingly close to you. I didn't have this epiphany about some part of my life that I'm trying to find wisdom in, but I've read it in obedience to you, and I trust that you can use that in my life. And maybe that's just a simple prayer that you have to pray. So maybe you have other objections. Um, I, I can't possibly address them all, but hopefully those are some of the ones that you've thought about, some of the ones that have stopped you in the past. And, and again, I've had those objections. I sometimes have them myself, even while I'm reading through now. But they're all answerable, right? They're, they're, none of them are non-starters. None of them, none of them stop us. Um, so as we close, I just want to give you a few tips that have helped me because I, I really want you to do this. I want you to begin reading through the Bible. You can do it. I promise you can. Um, I've read through the Bible several times, uh, several years in a row. And then I've also started a few times and I've stopped. So I know... I know the feeling of success, and I know the feeling of what you would consider failure, and I know the tension that you probably feel with this idea, but it's worth it. And over time and with experience, I just want to give you a few of the things that have helped me make it a little easier as I go through Scripture. So these are just a few tips, and then we'll wrap up. So tip number one, find a plan that works. Uh, I have realized that I do not prefer a plan that is tied down by dates. So many people, they start on January 1st, and they try to read through the Bible in a year. I've done that plan. I've both had success and I've both failed that plan uh, several times for both. And I've just realized that I, I, the way my personality is, I cannot see a date and feel okay with missing it. And, and what I mean by that is I, let's say you go on vacation, you have a really busy day, you forget to get into the Word, and so you miss a day or two. And then all of a sudden you've got 12 chapters that you need to catch up on. And really, you could just go and read the first, that, that one day that you missed at the very beginning and feel good about it, but you see all those other days that you missed too, and it becomes a little bit overwhelming. You're like, you know, it's April 10th, and I'm only on March something, and you get, I don't know, it builds this stress and this anxiety in you. At least it does in me. And so for me, just knowing that some days are easier for me than others, that I can read more on some days and less on some days, and I get really discouraged when I get behind, I feel overwhelmed. And so I've learned that I cannot be tied down to a, I have to finish in a, in a year calendar. That's why I don't use dates. I don't, I don't use a plan that tells me on January 10th, you have to read this. So the plan that I'm using right now, and I'm enjoying it. I, I try to use a different plan different times, but the one I'm using right now is from the Bible Project. You've probably heard of them. They're really helpful. You can look it up online. Just look up Bible Project reading plan. And it's just a read through the Bible plan. They have several different reading plans. 
But really, it's just a calendar. It, it, it's not a calendar in the sense of it has actual dates. It's just day one, day two, day three. And so I can do more than one day if I want to. And I can also miss a day that I'm having a really rough day. I don't, I don't, make, I don't make the time for it. I don't get around to it. I'm not saying that that's good. It's just it sometimes happens. That's part of life. And there's nothing saying I have to do two in a row the next day. I just pick up where I left off. And I also like their plan because it has video links attached. So on their plan next to the days that you're doing, there, there are little links that can help you understand more of what you're reading. So find a plan that works for you. Find one that, at least for me, doesn't have dates and you won't feel nearly as overwhelmed. Uh, and also you're not, you don't have to be confined to a year. If it's a year in two days, if it's a year in a month, if you do it in less than a year, then great. But you're not confined to this uh, kind of arbitrary end date. So that's tip number one, find a plan that works. Number two, write down questions. So this is something that a lot of people struggle with. They'll, they'll be reading the Old Testament, and I, mean, I guess this happens in the New as well, but I hear this mainly for the Old Testament. They're, they're reading through, and they hit something. Maybe it's one of those doubts. Maybe it's one of those big questions that people always have, and they get really distracted, and they, they just they can't get over it. They can't get past it. And so what I would say is just write down your questions. Write down the things that are bothering you. Think about it for a minute. Write it down, and then finish your reading. And when you have time, dive deeper. You know, if you're worried about, if you're wondering about the genealogies, if you're wondering about why one of the patriarchs did this crazy thing, don't get bogged down. Write it down, go back later, check it out, and continue on with your reading. So that's that's a huge tip for me because I'm one that likes to answer questions immediately. Um, but I can also go down huge rabbit holes on chasing down research. So I have to I have to just write it down and I have to continue on with my reading. So write down your questions. Number three, just remember there's no pressure. There's, there's nothing in the Bible that says you have to read through the Bible in a certain period of time. So relax. Enjoy it. And again, going back to the objections where you're saying I don't get much out of it, understand that you don't have to have some big epiphany. And you might not even realize that you're growing when you are. So slow down. Relax. There, there's no pressure when it comes to reading through Scripture. Just read. Um... And I know that can be really hard for some people to let go of this this idea that I have to have this amazing moment every time I open up the Bible, or I have to I have to have this insight. You don't. Just read. Okay, that's number three. And number four, do it with a friend. Um, accountability helps in every phase of life, even if you aren't on the exact day together. You know, you're you're using the same. You could be using the same plan or not. Um, if you're doing the same plan, at least you're reading along in the same places. If you're not doing the same plan, at least it's someone to help encourage you that they're reading through scripture, you're reading through scripture. Um, so maybe it's better if you read through the same plan, but you can talk about it. You can share what you thought was cool. You can explore some of the questions you wrote down. Uh, those, are, those are good people to, to bounce things off with, encourage one another. You're going to be way more successful when you're doing it with someone else. That's just, it's just a true part of life in, in almost every facet. If you're learning to run, if you're working out, if you're training for a sport, if you're learning to write, uh, if you're composing music, when you can bounce off ideas with other people, you're almost always more successful. Uh, and number five, talk about it. This is similar to the last one, but not not completely the same. And when I say talk about it, I just mean simply share something you learned or an interesting story or anything that comes from the text with someone. So it could be a parent, it could be a child, it could be a spouse, it could be a friend, neighbor, believer, unbeliever, it doesn't matter. When when we share it with someone else, it solidifies those lessons that we're learning within us. 
and you might actually encourage someone else to do what you're doing. They might be like, well, why were you in that passage? Well, I'm reading through the Bible, and it's, it's actually going pretty well, better than what I thought, and they might be encouraged to do it as well. But when you're sharing, it, it helps, like I said, solidify those truths in your heart or those stories in your heart so that when something comes up, God can use those to help you navigate a particular situation. So those are the tips I would give you. Uh, we've looked at why it's important uh, to read through the Bible. We've, we've addressed some objections, and I've given you some tips. So now I'll just say give it a try. And my encouragement is just keep going. If, if you get bogged down in one place, move on. Uh, if you if you get really far behind, like I said, don't use a calendar. or Don't use one with actual dates. Use a calendar with just day one, two, three. And if you do use one with actual dates and you get like 10 days behind, I'm giving you permission to fast forward to where you were or just to start start back and just do one day at a time. You don't always have to catch up to that particular date. If you can do a lot of reading at once, then great. But again, there's no pressure. There's nothing in the Bible that says you have to be on that particular date. Just enjoy the time. Relax. You, you, I promise you that when you begin this habit, you're going to understand more about Scripture. You're going to find yourself becoming more knowledgeable about the Bible. You're going to begin to piece themes and links together. You're going to be growing closer to Him. And you know what? You might even find yourself enjoying the habit once you begin to build it. That's it for today. If, if you appreciate this content, do me a favor, share it with someone. As always, if you have a question, comment, prayer request, or just an encouragement, you can send it to podcastvia at gmail.com. That's podcastvia at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next time. Start to read through the Bible plan today, maybe tomorrow. Let me know how it goes.